0: Jamie. And I'm Sarah. And
1: welcome to Nightmares Before Bed. This week, we're going to take a look at the President Hotel and the mystery in room 1046. On January 2nd, 1935, a man with a cauliflower ear and a scar on the right side of his head walked into the President Hotel in Kansas City. He checked in and wrote his name on the hotel registry as Ronald T. Owen. He was conversational to the staff and mentioned several things. He said he was from Los Angeles. The previous night, he had stayed at the Muehlbach, which is another local hotel that's about two blocks away. I went and checked it out and drove it, and it is literally a block and a half. He said that he had switched hotels because the room rates at the Muehlbach were exorbitantly high at $5 a night. Remember, this was 1935, so in today's money, that's still only about $90. I was not able to find the rate at the President Hotel back at that time. But it doesn't seem too steep to me, but, you know, you're... Depends on what you're working with, I guess. That's very true. He also had a specific room request. He wanted an upper floor interior room with no windows and not facing the street. He was assigned room 1046. Once he checked in, a bellhop named Randolph Probst took Ronald to his room. The bellhop noticed that Owen had no luggage. And upon entering the room, he took a comb, a toothbrush, and toothpaste out of his jacket and put it on the dresser. Probst would later say he thought Owen may have been a wrestler or a boxer because of his cauliflower ear. It's a very pronounced,
0: like... It is. You notice that when you see it.
1: Yeah, and we'll share some photos and some books and other resources, but the way that he looked was very noticeable. Like, you would remember it. Agreed. Shortly after being shown up to his room, he left. Later in that day... The maid, Mary Soapdick, stopped by the room to clean, as she normally would. She was surprised to find Owen in there, because she had not yet cleaned the room for the day, and there was a guest in there the previous night. She noticed the shades were drawn, and the small lamp on the end table was the only light in the room. So he's basically sitting there in the dark
0: with a table lamp on. I mean, that's not suspicious at all. Not weird.
1: Um, And as she was cleaning the room, Owen put on his jacket, asked Mary to leave the door unlocked, because he was expecting a friend later in the day. After he left, she noticed a note he'd left on the desk. It said, Don, I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. Mary did not see Ronald again until the next day on January 3rd. When she went to clean the room for the day, the door was locked. Assuming that Owens was not in the room, she used her pass key to enter, and she was surprised to find Owen in the room. While she cleaned the phone rang, and she later told the police that Owen told the the person that called, No, Don, I don't want to eat, I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast. No, I'm not hungry. After he hung up the phone, he asked her a few questions about her job, like how many rooms she cleaned a day, and after cleaning, she picked up all the towels to take them for cleaning. When she left, Mary realized someone must have locked Owen in the room. This door had a lock on it that was common for hotels at the time. The door didn't lock from the inside. Meaning that the only way someone would get locked into their room was if somebody else locked them in. Which just seems super weird to me that you can't lock your room in a
0: hotel while you're sleeping in it. (laughs) Yeah, that just doesn't sound like this just screams, let's go rob people. (laughs) You can only lock the door from the outside, not the inside. So when you're sleeping at night it's
1: This also sounds like
0: a really bad mix up for like I'm gonna lock my children in their room. You know, I had a house. <laughs> take a pause from this. Uh, the last house I was in, I had like going down to the basement, had a lock just on the outside, not on the inside. So the running joke in my family was, you know, to lock the kids in the basement. Granted, we never did that. But it was one of those that was so bizarre to even have a lock going down to the basement yes
1: so update guys we may have to look into sarah's previous house and see if there is something we can report there
0: i never witnessed anything weird but (laughs) you know things happened and changed okay so the next time she encountered owen was when she went to take towels to the room later that day approaching the room she heard voices of people talking in hushed tones she knocked to let them know she had fresh towels to which someone in the room responded they had enough and didn't need any This seemed to be an odd response since she had taken all the towels down when she was cleaning that morning. There was another odd incident that happened later that night. Robert Lane, who worked for the city's water department, happened upon a man running down 13th Street. The man, who was assumed to be Owen, yelled at Lane to stop. The man asked to be taken to a place he could grab a cab. Lane noticed that the man was not, was only dressed in an undershirt, shoes, and trousers. He also had a scratch on his arm lane dropped the man at 12th and troost other people would later say that owen that they saw owen at several bars on 12th street with two women and he still had his overcoat on january 4th around 2 a.m a couple staying in room 1048 heard voices but they thought it was coming from 1046 but there was also a party in room 1055 that could have been the cause of the noise Then at 7 a.m., the hotel operator noticed the phone was off, the hook in room 1046. She sent the bellhop up to the room to check on it. He knocked on the door, and a man's voice answered telling him to come in. However, when he tried to enter, the door was locked. He knocked a few more times and assumed the guest was drunk and told him to hang up the phone. At 8.30, the phone was off the hook again, so a different bellhop, Harold Pike, went up to room 1046. Pike knocked on the door, but no one answered. He let himself in the room with his passkey. When Pike entered, he found Owen naked on top of the bed. He did notice that there were stains on the sheet, and Pike assumed Owen was drunk, hung up the phone, and left the room, locking the door behind him. Doesn't seem odd at all. At 11 a.m., the phone in 1046 was once again off the hook. The bell hopped. Okay, you're going to have to help me out with that. Propst? Propst. Propst. Was back on duty and went to check the room. Once he opened the door and turned on the light, he found the room was covered in blood. Ohm was a few feet from the door. At that point, Probst? Probst. I'm not good at this name. Ran down and got the manager, who called the police. All right. So now we have a point in time where
1: something has happened. We don't quite know what yet. Well, obviously, wondered. somebody's dead.
0: Well, <laughs> now, now, it doesn't say he's
1: dead. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs>
0: okay well the room is covered in blood correct so somebody is at least losing blood no it's been a bad night for somebody absolutely so i
1: think that um you know something nefarious has happened we can definitely say that the detectives arrived to find owen with a cord tied around his neck his ankles and his wrists There
0: could be some really kinky stuff right there
1: could be we shall see owen was conscious when the police arrived He told the police that no one had been with him and that he had not committed suicide when they asked if he was trying to harm himself. He said that he had simply hit his head on the tub. Okay, so here's my
0: question. If you just simply hit your head on the tub, how did we get cords tied around our neck, ankles, and our wrists? I mean, that was my question. I'm like, how do you get... You know
1: yourself tied up, which there's going to be some freaky video. I swear on TikTok that's like how to tie yourself up.
0: TikTok. Hey, I don't want to find the dark side of TikTok, but I know it exists because I've been told about like the rope stuff out there. Yeah, still, how do you get all that tied up and then quote unquote hit your head on the tub? So
1: we're not going to research it. No, should you be so interested? (laughs) There may, in fact, be a way for somebody to tie themselves up. No promises, though. But also, this made no sense because when the hospital evaluated his injuries, they found that he had been stabbed multiple times, including his heart, stomach, and legs. His wrists were slashed, one of his lungs was punctured, and his skull was fractured. Oh, that was from hitting it
0: on the tub, right?
1: Yeah, that's the only (laughs) – that one injury is the only thing that can be explained by what he said. But they also attributed it to multiple blows, not like a single slip and fall. So he got up and tripped again multiple times, Yeah, our head on the tub. Now I'm imagining that scene in Liar, Liar where he continuously slams his head into the toilet. Yeah, that's it. That scenario is kind of the only thing that makes sense. Was the tub covered in knives? No knives. They did notice the blood on the tub, but – you know, so
0: there, there was blood all over the room too. It could have been, yeah, that could
1: have been because they were cleaning up or something. That's true. Detectives believe that the repeat issue with the phone being off the hook had actually been Owen trying to call for help. He did sleep slip into a coma, and he died at the hospital on January fifth, leaving the detectives to try and piece together what had happened. So, like I said, they thought that the phone being off the hook, and the, a good thing to say about this is at the time. Phones all routed through a main switchboard, and the person would monitor that and move the connections. So it was a much more manual process than it is now. So that's why they knew he was having the phone off the hook all the time. And they also discovered that whoever had killed Owen had stripped the room and Owen. So there were no towels, no clothing, including Owen's clothing. It was just gone. Remember, he was naked when they found him. There were no toiletries the only items found in the room were a safety pin a hairpin an unlit cigarette a label that was torn out of a tie which how they knew that no idea and a small unopened bottle of diluted sulfuric acid who carries that around (laughs) apparently it was a little more common at the time i didn't i did a little googling of course and nothing came out as like poison or anything like that um So it was more commonly found. Good to know. Yeah. And then there were two glasses in the bathroom. So one was broken and the other. So maybe that's the knives, (laughs) the broken glass. (laughs) And the other one was on a shelf above the sink. So basically it hadn't been touched. It was where they'd put it. They also found that there were what they describe as four women's fingerprints on one of the glasses. So, like I said, they assume because the fingerprints were small. That's how they knew that they were women's.
0: There are some tiny hands out there that are mans I'm just, just that's saying. what I'm
1: saying. I was like, they could have been my fingerprints. They also could have been a five
0: foot tall man. Just say just putting it out there. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So the autopsy showed that Owen had taken or had not taken any poison internally. His official cause of death death was listed as a skull fracture, not loss of blood or lung injury. It is noted that a physician that first responded to Owen at the hotel believed that Owen was injured several hours before being found because the blood on his face was dried when the doctor arrived. The detectives continued their investigation by speaking with witnesses. One elevator operator remembered a commercial woman, which was slang for prostitute at the time. And he took her to the 10th floor and she asked where room 1026 was. After five minutes, he was called back to the 10th floor, and the woman looked confused and said the person she was looking for was not in the room. She remained in the lobby for about 30 minutes and then left. Between 5 and 6 a.m., he also brought down a man that he remembered having a doctor's bag. It's unknown if, that if either of these were involved in Owen's death. It would soon be discovered that the only mystery was who killed the man in 1046. Several people recognized the man, just not as Ronald T. Owen. At the Mulebach, he used the name Eugene K. Scott from Los Angeles. At the St. Regis Hotel, he stayed under the name of Duncan oh God, see Ogletree mm-hmm. and shared a room with another man named Donald Kelso. Was this the Don who called Owen while the maid was cleaning his room? So at this point, we know
1: he's been hotel hopping all over Kansas City. With all sorts of names. All sorts of names. So that seems kind of sketchy. And then there was a Don... Or Donald at some point. At this point, Owen's true identity is unknown. Because they don't, I mean, was the last name? There's lots of identities. There's (laughs) lots of identities. And there's nothing to say that that last one that he used was, in fact, his true identity. Thousands of people actually came to view the body. So they set it up at the hotel, or not at the hotel, but they took his body to the undertaker. At the funeral home, they set him up. Thousands of people came by trying to identify him.
0: Did they come by to identify him or did they come by because they're morbid? In both.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's both here. Because, you know, <laughs> we would have gone. We would have been like, I have no idea who this guy is, but we're going to go. <laughs> That's uh, probably true, too. Probably would have happened. In March, the police actually then, because he wasn't identified, announced that they were going to bury him in a popper field or a potter's field. So basically, you know, where they would
0: bury unclaimed anybody, bodies. unclaimed
1: bodies. Yeah. Soon after the information was printed in the paper, a man called the funeral home that was keeping Owen's body. He said he would send the funds to cover the funeral and burial and requested that he be buried at Memorial Park because he would be close to the caller's sister. An anonymous order was placed at a floral shop for 13 roses to be laid at the grave. Thirteen's a really odd number.
0: number. Yeah. Yeah. Normally it's like a dozen roses. So why 13? And why do you want this guy close to your sister? Right. I have questions.
1: I actually looked into this graveyard. It's like 300 acres. It's
0: huge. Dang.
1: Right? Neither call would be able to be traced, but an envelope arrived at the funeral home and the floral shop to cover the costs. In the card sent to the floral shop, the card was signed in block lettering, Love Forever, Louise. The card and envelope were sent to the funeral home, sent from the funeral home, and florists were sent to the police to examine they found one fingerprint that was determined to be similar to the one found in the hotel. And I don't know if similar means it's a match or it's just like
0: could be, could not be. You know, like it's inconclusive. Or, I, I think it's one of those, hey, let's play in a land of make-believe and say, hey, they're of the same size, but that's about it. Right. We can't tell for certain. Yeah, no. know.
1: So shortly before he was buried, the local paper actually received a phone call because they ran an article saying that he was going to be buried in a potter's field. And a woman called who refused to give her name because she wanted to tell them that they were wrong and needed to run a correction. the editor asked what happened to Owen. She responded, "He got into a jam. After that, the case went cold until nineteen thirty six I want to know what
0: how you get into a quote unquote jam and what that jam would be to where you end up right naked like if you if you've been murdered, I would consider you've ran into a jam of some sort. Yeah, can we get specific on the jam? Okay, in the fall of 1936, a friend of Ruby Ogle Ogle Ogletree, mm-hmm. one of those, showed her copy of a Kansas City newspaper from May of 1935. The article was about the mystery man found in that room in 1935, and had a picture that Ruby recognized as her son, named Artemis Ogletree. God, I hope I'm not butchering that. Ruby contacted the Kansas City Police Department, who confirmed Artemis's identity. Ruby said that Artemis had left his home in Alabama with three youths and headed for California nine months before he was found dead in Kansas City. They had all separated at some point during the trip. In the spring of 1935, Ruby knew something was wrong. She received a typewritten note. And as far as she knew, Artemis didn't even know how to type. And that style of writing did not fit her son either. Ruby received two more letters one saying he was in Chicago and attending business school, the second saying that he was sailing to Paris. Ruby attempted to write back, but all the letters were returned unopened. She received a call in August from a man named James. He said he was a friend of Artemis, and he told her that Artemis had married a wealthy woman from Egypt. Is this one of those, you're marrying a prince from Africa? Was this tank? the original Nigerian oh prince story? my God, story. It is. <laughs> We found it. Uh, she asked why her son had not written, and the man claimed that Artemis lost his thumb in a fight. Which I don't know why you need a thumb to be able to write.
1: Well, to write,
0: but he was typing, so maybe he needed I mean, that like, thumb for the space key. Totally, without a thumb, mm-hmm. but you can still type. You're right. And you can call, so there's no reason not to contact your mother, children. Uh, She said that the man talked wildly but did give details that led her to believe that he did know her son. After this, she was suspicious and contacted the police. The police reached and checked with the American consulate and the steamship, but nothing ever came from their investigation.
1: Yeah, so I think this guy that called her is just making stuff up. She's like, why didn't he write? Well, he lost his thumb. Like, that's the best you can come up with. You have
0: two hands. Okay, your handwriting (laughs) is going to be crappy if you use your other hand. But write your mother, kids. There you go. Write your mothers. So,
1: identifying Artemis was actually the last big discovery of this case. Some possible information has come to light since, but nothing that has allowed this case to be solved. In 1937, there was a murder that happened in New York City. A man who went by Joseph Ogden, Joseph Martin, and Donald Kelso had killed his roommate. So if you'll remember when Ronald, now Artemis, came through Kansas City, they had mentioned that he checked into one of the hotels with someone named Donald Kelso. So this Donald Kelso in New York had a similar appearance to the man that had been with Artemis in Kansas City, but for unknown reasons, this lead was never pursued. In 2003, Dr. John Horner wrote about the case for the Kansas City Library's website. Afterward, he received a call from someone who said that they were itemizing some belongings of an elderly person who had passed. They found a box with a bunch of news clippings about the events in Room 1046, and something that the articles kept referring to was also in the box. He refused to say what the mystery item was. I'm wondering, because everything in that room was supposedly gone. So was this some of the clothes, a bed sheet with blood on it? Leaves a lot open to the imagination. I want to know how big the box was. <laughs> right? <laughs> Help us out here. like Help us out, give us some details. The President Hotel is still open in Kansas City, and there are stories of phones on the 10th floor ringing at odd times of the night. When the guests answered the phone, no one's there, and management of the hotel has never been able to find an explanation for this. Is this a ghost, and is this Artemis's ghost still trying to call for help? So that leads us to some theories on what happened at the President Hotel. The first one, and the one that would lead you to believe happened, based on the jam that Artemis got into, possibly, was a jilted lover. So could he have betrayed someone? At this point, we don't even know if he made it to California. No. To me, it makes sense that he could have because he said he was from Los Angeles. So maybe he did move out there, and then went on the spree of being random at hotels. But that's
0: the only thing that connects for me as a possibility. As far I as- jump from hotel to hotel like that, there just seems to be like, are you running from something? Was it really the money? Uh- yeah. Agreed. There's so many questions that were unanswered in mm-hmm. what happened to him and the fact that he remained unclaimed for so long. Absolutely. Another option is that it was mob related, which... During that time period makes total sense.
1: During that time period does make sense. Our episode on Union Station happened only two years before Artemis's death, so it was right in that same kind of time period. Yeah. And then, my favorite, but also least likely, there was just some weird sex thing going
0: on. Again, the whole, like, dark side of TikTok and the whole being bound up thing. Right. He was naked. He was bound.
1: Maybe they just got a little too frisky that night.
0: Uh, frisky with knives, though? I mean... <laughs> like, I mean, it can happen, and I've heard some I mean, stories, I am not the it's... expert here, but I feel like... <laughs> yeah... I don't know if that would be considered a quote unquote jam. Maybe it is. I mean maybe. Like I maybe he just wasn't prepared for what he was about to experience. They needed a better safe word. <laughs> yes,
1: safe words would definitely be important if that is what happened. Always remember pineapple guys. Pineapple and you know, don't set anything weird out in your yard without consulting swingers guides first. Oh, don't want to invite any unwanted attention. <laughs> no, none of that. Well, that wraps us up for the mystery in room 1046 at the President Hotel in Kansas City. We look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.